Welcome to the show, a football show, Thursday edition, heading into week number 11 in the SEC, week number 10 in the NFL. His name is Zach Lyons. You can follow him on Twitter at FWordsPod. My name is Braden Gall. You can get to me at Braden Gall. We've got a lot of stuff to discuss today, all of it being football-related. Zach, how are you, sir? Good to see Doing you, Doing great. Friend. got my uh, Lizzo shirt on, so I know uh, I wanted to make sure I get the full ass in the shot. Okay. There we go. Right there. Always important. To get the full ass in the shot, yeah. Now it's just like butt crack right now. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's it's just a it's just the coin slot. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. We see plenty of that in the state of Tennessee. If you want to get into the comments and you want to talk about the Titans, the Broncos, Bama, Tennessee, Georgia playoff rankings, whatever it is that you want to talk about, jump into the comment section. We'd love to hear from you. We know you guys are there. You've been very active lately. We love you for it. So make sure you jump in there. Ask any questions, of course. Comments, uh, commentary about Zach's wardrobe, commentary about my jowls, you know, my, my you know, whatever. You can comment about whatever you want. It's it's all good. Um, glad to have you guys with us. And, of course, glad to have our amazing and wonderful sponsors we'll tell you about in just a second. We've got Denver and we've got the Titans at Nissan Stadium. Will They're it the be same more- thing. <laughs> Will They're it the be same more- team. Will it be more exciting to watch than the Colts-Titans game at Nissan Stadium a couple of weeks ago? That is up for debate. Which team can get the 20 points? Will Ryan Tannehill play? How will Jeffrey Simmons look walking around in a boot on Thursday? So we'll we'll talk all things Titans and Broncos, get you ready for that game coming up over the weekend. We got playoff rankings to discuss. The Volunteers fall to five for some reason. We'll, we'll explain why you shouldn't panic, of course. And Alabama, could they be delivered a death blow? by Alabama standards, of course, uh, this weekend against the old Mississippi Rebels. Lots of stuff to discuss on the show. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, quick, Quickly here, let's make sure we tell everybody about our wonderful and amazing sponsors, the Pharmacy, Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors, the Pharmacy, of course, right over there on McFerrin Avenue in East Nashville's Act, the food. It's all about the quality of food. And when you support local businesses, you expect high-quality products. And the pharmacy delivers every single time, no matter every what you order. Every single time. I mean, there is not a time that I've ever been to pharmacy and had a bad meal. And when I used to live downtown, I used to get the pharmacy delivered via Postmates and Uber Eats and whatever, DoorDash, all that shit back in the day. Because this is like five or six years ago when all that started. And every single one of them, it didn't matter who I deliver, who delivered it, when I asked for it, it was always, always on point. Especially so, the gravy. The gravy is the, is the key. Like the gravy and the country ham on any kind of burger sold. <laughs> It sounds like removing years off the end of your life with country. I don't plan to live long anyway. I mean, I have been, it's been medium rare to rare steaks for the majority of my life since I've been able to eat steak. That's there's no other way to eat steak. Right. And then, but there's a copious amount of red meat that I've eaten (laughs) and a lot of um, salt. Like I am a salt fiend. I don't plan on living. Who gives a shit? What, what, uh, well, What's what's the point in living a long time? If you don't get to have any fucking fun, I, I mean that is the argument that cigarette smokers would uh, would would bring to the table, and alcoholics, and a variety of other people. Now, here's my question: What number are you happy with? Like the Titans would be happy with twenty points on Saturday, like so twenty. Where would your is your number like sixty? Are you good if you get to sixty years old? If you are you are you good? Are you do you, do you yeah, expect seventy? I mean, like, like what do you let, think? Let's let's say let's see. I'm thirty seven now. Let's double it. Let's double my life. So that put me at uh, 74. Well, and that's exactly like 72, I believe, is like the average life expectancy for the adult male in 
in in in America. If I make so. it that far, I make it that far. If I don't, I don't. Okay, you get yeah. shit. <laughs> As you can see, I ain't your... gonna be around to care if my family cares or not. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> He's dead. Right. Hey, look, you can sleep when you're dead. Okay. That's 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 the whole look, that's the whole deal. No kids, no grandkids. All I got is French bulldogs. I'm good. Like I have no <laughs> attachment to this mortal plane other than food, beer, and liquor. And you will absolutely outlive all the dogs anyway. Like yeah. it'll be like generation three and four on all the dogs. Uh D good. Get busy living or get busy dying. Stony, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time and Trey long enough to see my grandkids graduate. That that's that that's a See, that's a, are you are you having kids at 22, Trey? Like that's well, a my, early... my thing. My thing is is that what if they're dumb grandkids and they are set and they're held back a few years? That really just puts it. That means you have to live even longer past what you wanted to. That's still not the point. I I <laughs> that's exactly I, the point. I have a six year old. I'm 40. Like think do the math. Like we got started later. Everyone's getting started later these days because they're smarter. So they get married later, which means they don't get divorced, which means they have they have, you know, jobs and shit when they actually sit down to have kids. Um, like, I don't know, like if I'm 40 and my daughter 18, 25, like you start doing math on a grandkid graduating from high school or college. I don't I don't know if I'm going to get there. <laughs> I mean, why when you're like know. 78, 80, do you want to sit in a fucking gym and watch them graduate? Well, I that would. Sounds, argue, that sounds that sounds horrible. I would you're, argue. Watch you're having to get wheeled in into a hot, crowded stadium or a, a gymnasium and watch some fucking kid that you probably don't even remember their name by now on a consistent basis go graduate. I mean, wow. Okay, so physically at 75, you expect to be in a. We'll talk about football today on the show and Kingston Group and West Lakers, by the way. Yeah. Um, but you expect to be in a wheelchair and have dementia at 75. That's how old Nick oh, I will is. Probably, I mean, I'll probably have dementia or um, Alzheimer's. But like, like my grandmother is 88. She was 88. She's now 94. She was walking around like totally fine at 88. I don't know why at 75 you need to be in a wheelchair already. Yeah, it's because I'm not taking care of my body. Who gives a shit? <laughs> at least I'm not having to do anything myself. I get someone else to do it for me. I was going to ask. So I've got one more non-sports question before we get to Kingston Group and Weiss Liquors. Of course, Uber Eats. If you want to take a few years off your life, go to Weiss Liquors and just drink all weekend. Um, no, no. If you, if you need a cocktail. And, and listen, they do say this, right? Like relief stress. One cocktail a day, one glass of wine a night, relieves stress, enhances some other things in your life. Go have a glass of wine a night. It's okay. And you can do you can shop at Weiss Liquors for that. So Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors, have the booze delivered right to your house in as, in as quickly as 20 minutes, Zach. They drive so you could drink. Nailed it. Uh, Kingston Group, of course, buildkg.com is the website. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. You guys have heard the deal. You know the drill on all these companies. They are great locally owned companies like supporting and providing great services to you Nashvillians out there. So make sure you support local business. If you're going to do something with your house, don't call a general contractor that could walk away from the job in the middle of it. Don't do that. Call the professionals that are going to take care of you from start to finish. Kingston Group, they will hold your hand through the whole process. And if they don't, if you don't use them, They'll make sure you make the right decision for your house. So just talk to the Kingston group. One final question, since you're wearing a concert shirt. Mm -hmm. Do you like wearing a concert shirt to the concert? Because didn't you buy that at the Lizzo show? I bought it at the Lizzo show. Okay, that's different. Wearing a concert shirt to the concert you're going, like to the band that you're watching. Is that a no-go? Is that faux pas? I, I think it depends on, like, if it's a shirt for an older tour, I think that's silly. 
But if it's like a like if this shirt, timeless. Like I can wear this to every Lizzo concert because it is just is a hilarious shirt to wear. Every in, Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> if you don't think I won't wear this to a Thanksgiving dinner, you're you're sadly mistaken. No, I think you would. That's why I brought it up. Hey, listen, <laughs> you only have one life. I'm gonna wear whatever the fuck I want to wear to all this shit. I'm with Trey on this one. Always buy the shirt and wear it after. I have I will not wear if I'm if I'm going to a, a you know a Jack White show or if I'm going to an Isbell show like I am not buying I may buy the hat show print for like my daughter but I'm keeping that in the two like I will not wear a shirt to the concert that I'm watching. Very rarely do I buy shirts at a concert or have yeah. shirt. This is th- I have this and an Alanis Morissette shirt. I think those are the only concert shirts that I own right now. Nice. Yeah. Or just or just like it was a jagged I, little pill. I had to buy it because that was like the first album that she, I remember having was the Jagged Little Pill album. It was the first concert I went to. So when she came down last uh, year through cool. um, Nashville, I went and I had to buy it. But I, I, I rarely do buy buy those shirts and wear them to concerts or anything. It just okay. it has enough. to be a very funny shirt for me to do it. But I mean, I wouldn't care. That I mean, one's like, that one's good. That one's good yeah. right there. I have a lot of uh, uh, band shirts that are not concert shirts. They're like. It's like a it's a shirt of the band, but it's like more. It's not about like, hey, at the Ryman and, you know, or whatever. I used to, like but I ate too much red meat, drink too much beer. So uh, those are all gone. <laughs> we are 10 minutes into the show. We have not talked football one time. Uh, <laughs> Trey says, good conversation starter. And now we know Zach is a classy MFer as as a Lizzo fan. Bravo. Um, all right. You w- want to get to I, I could talk Atlantis Morissette and my daughters if you want, or we could talk Titans. What do you want to do? We better probably talk Titans. Okay. Weiss Liquors, Kingston Group Pharmacy, support local business. Tennessee Titans. Will Ryan Tannehill play? Yeah, maybe. Like I think there's I think I'm more optimistic after hearing him at the press conference than I was on maybe Sunday or Monday. Now everybody's dissecting the video and everything. Wait, he doesn't look that great. He doesn't look that good and all this stuff. Yesterday was a really light practice, and Vrabel said, today's going to be super, super light. So they're not running through anything like the quarterbacks aren't running through anything like really hardcore. So to me, it's like I think he plays because I think the Broncos are a much tougher defense. I don't know. Unless you're really okay with going 0 and 2, which it doesn't sound like the Mike Vrabel is because if he saw his press conference after the Chiefs loss, he was pretty devastated. Yeah. And they go in to win these games. They go in expecting to win every game. And I think that if you're being realistic and true to yourself in that sense, Ryan Tannehill's got to be the guy to play because Denver's defense is just too damn good. I have one more uh, shirt jersey thought. Um that we can get to in a second. Cause I'll compare it to Russell Wilson fans. Cause I could, don't you think there's going to be a Russell Wilson, Seattle Jersey in the crowd? Oh yeah, no doubt. Hey, like, listen, I, th- nothing will surprise me. I've been to games that the Packers aren't playing and I saw a Brian Brom green Bay Packers Jersey. So yeah, that, that would be totally believable and, and acceptable. Brian Brom. Who the fuck bought yeah. a Brian Brom jersey? I don't know. Some fucking loser Packers fan. Diehard Louisville fan, I guess. No, we, I was I was at and I was in the press box for the Colts game. There's just a Jerome Bettis jersey just walking around down there. It's Colts Titans. Like, what are we doing? And it's sort of like wearing it's sort of like wearing a black keys t-shirt to like a to like a Jack White concert. Like yeah. it just, that, that doesn't feel right either. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So there, I assume there'll be some Russell Wilson jerseys in the crowd that are all Seattle. And at least that one got, has a tie. Um, anyway, right back to Ryan Tannehill um, here on a football show. 
here. So Jim Wyatt, and I have, I wish I could remember where he said this. I, I apologize if I, I should have remembered this. I apologize, but I heard him talking at some point this week. And he, he said, he said, <laughs> he, he kind of let it slip. He was like, I don't think he's going to play this week. Or I can't remember exactly how he said it, but it was basically like, he basically alluded to the fact that he wasn't going to play this week. And this was like on Tuesday and it was early in the week. So things could have changed. It could have evolved since then, but we know Jim has information that he's not allowed to bring to the table. We know that about Jim. And I think there was a little tiny slip up by old J J dub. And he said, basically it's, it seems like he's not going to go this weekend. And I, I, my assumption is that Malik Willis is going to, is going to play again for the Tennessee Titans. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I, I think that Tannehill wants to play, and I think that's been the big the big discussion around the local media. Is, does he even want to play, or is he the guy that's uh, choosing not to play? And Steve McNair would play, which I do agree. Well, Steve McNair would play. That's a shit post, but but yeah, what? But, um, but Steve McNair who, would play, by the way. Yes, but who 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 is actually at? Who is legitimately saying that Ryan Tannehill doesn't want to play football? Well, it's not that like he doesn't want to play football. It's that he cho- he's the one who said, who went to Mike Vrabel and said, I'm not going to play today, is what was said. Now, because, by he's not, Jared. because he's not tough enough? Or because he thinks he's going to get hurt? Or because he's actually injured? I mean, if you're looking for actual reasoning, I think you're you're looking for the wrong okay. radio host to, okay. to back right. that up. All right, fair enough. I just <laughs> I just can't believe anyone in their right mind. Like you can criticize well, right. Just look at who's saying it. The right mind. I mean, fair. it's 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 all for the ratings and yeah, yeah. You can are you can say a lot of negative things about Ryan Tannehill. You could right. say that he's not good enough to win in the playoffs. You could say that he doesn't read defenses all that great pre snap. You could say that. You know, whatever. There's a million things you could do to say to be critical of Ryan Tannehill and his performance as the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. Toughness, desire, leadership, care about his teammates. None of those things are are things I would ever say about Ryan Tannehill. Like, yeah, if anything, this year he's proven in the face of everything else that happened last year that he's more committed to the team. So I don't know. I that that one seems awfully dumb. I think I think that the high ankle sprain issue was way worse than it, anybody imagined. That it was just so bad. Like he could not move on the field on Sunday night. And what makes sense, and again, this this will go out of date as soon as we get an announcement on Friday or Saturday or whatever. But there's two two games in four days, basically, five days coming up. Mm-hmm. You got the Thursday game, which by the way, I'll be at, and you got the Sunday game. And it makes a whole lot of sense to bring him back after that. And, and that's what we said on football and other F words on uh, Wednesday's episode is that we kind of both feel that they can wait and let Malik Willis play these next two games. And if he goes two and two as a starter, he goes two and two as a starter, which is a good chance. But the, the, the guy, the, the guy that gives you the best chance to win this particular game is obviously Ryan Tannehill. And, and really the most important piece is probably Traylon Burks and Jeffrey Simmons and, those guys getting out there and playing as well. You know, I, I the reason I leave the door open for Tannehill to play is because he's super tough, is because he's super competitive, and, and the nature of the player that he is. Yeah. You know, ultimately, all of these decisions lie at the feet of Mike Vrabel. 
Mike, it's Mike Vrabel's team. It's Mike Vrabel's choice if these players can play or not. And we'll see as the injury reports practice. I think that if Ryan Tannehill is limited, 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 then there may be a good chance that he plays better than limited, did not practice, did not practice, obviously not playing. The more important questions are, can they win with Malik Willis? And how much is Ryan Tannehill limited? Should he should he play? And here's my question for you about Malik Willis. Do you expect to see, let's say he starts and let's say Tannehill's out. Um, he starts his third straight game. We saw progress and growth from game one in Houston to game two in Kansas City. Uh, you know, tougher team, tougher environment, better defense. Everything was tougher and he was better. Not as much in the second half, but we all know that's Todd Downing's fault. So, so is it reasonable to expect the same sort of jump in week three? Or do we think the first half against Kansas City is sort of like his bar of like really good ability as a as a rookie? I think you would see some kind of jump, but the problem that I feel when I look at Malik Willis and look at his progression, I'm really trying to take out the the defense and what they do. I'm trying to look at Malik Willis himself because the way I look at it is is Malik Willis's problem is not the opposing defense technically that he's going against. It's making the quick decisions. It's making the right reads. It's getting in and out of the huddle efficiently and stuff like that. We know that he can make plays with his legs. We know that he has a fucking cannon for an arm and he can make ridiculous throws, sidearm throws and all that kind of stuff. I'm not looking for frequency of plays that he does that with. I'm looking for the stuff in between from and all that. And so Denver is probably going to be a really tough matchup for him. And it'll probably be a really pitiful looking stat line. But again, it's to me, it's not about the stats necessarily. Yeah. If you're looking at strictly Malik's, progress in a vacuum now if you're looking for points if you're looking for a win that's totally different but i'm looking at malik when he's making these starts as raw progress what is the progress that he makes week to week does he lessen his uh shots where he misses like an open wide receiver or open tight end is he getting out and recognizing that okay this play's breaking down i got to run or i got to throw this ball away you know stuff like that is what you got to look for when you're when you're grading malik willis specifically because listen we 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 can talk about it right now it's like looking in a mirror <laughs> offenses and two elite defenses so if you're expecting malik willis to look fantastic in the box score you're looking at the wrong thing well and i don't you know, I don't even expect necessarily that to. I think you've explained it perfectly, which is you're looking for Malik to control Malik. Like, control what I can control and operate within the confines consistently from play to play. Because you know the expect spectacular play is going to happen from time to time where he just does something athletically that very few humans can do. And then he's probably going to have the, the, the big screw-up where he takes a long sack or throws into triple coverage or misreads something because that's normal and to be expected. The question is, I think you've done done a good job here is just Malik competing against Malik on a play in play out basis. How does that feel? What does that look like? Is that enough to win the game? I don't know if either of them, I, like, I think, I think they can win the game with Tannehill or Malik, frankly, like the, 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 the Broncos, as, as we're talking about here, they, they, they are identical. Technically. I think you could argue the defensive line for the Titans is better. It, you know, we don't know exactly how healthy Jeffrey Simmons is. That's a huge question here, obviously. But without Bradley Chubb, who's now down at Miami, I I think the Titans are, you know, running game, a little bit better. Uh, Titans, 
defense a little bit better. Like I think the Titans are just a little bit better than the Broncos, even though they are sort of mirror images of each other right now. Well, I mean, they the Titans score more points than the than the Denver Broncos, which is do they? Yeah, <laughs> they're twenty fourth, and I think the Broncos are thirtieth or thirty first. They're not dead last, but they're close, so they're right at the bottom in points for. But it, they're second in points against. You know, this is a better defense because, in my mind, while the Bradley Chubb is gone, Bradley Chubb to me has been kind of an up and down kind of player, and I look at it from this point is that their defensive backs, I mean, that you, you're not going to be able to judge Malik because, no. I mean, these defensive backs are going to swallow up these wide receivers whole. It's not even a, it's not even a question of if, it's just a question of when. So here's, so I find that matchup to be super, super interesting. And it's, it's sort of like when you have such a bad weakness on your team that you're allowed to sort of give up and focus on something else. And like, if they don't cover them, then sure, we'll throw it to the wide open guy who can make a play. But if they're going to cover them in, I'd probably single coverage, right. To, to use as, as few, a, a few of people as possible to, to cover the receivers. Ideally, you, you could just like give up on that. <laughs> yeah. Here are the Titans and just say, we're not going to worry about it. We're going to really worry about Austin Hooper and Chig Conqua. We're really going to worry about Dalton Hilliard. We're really going to worry about getting these other pieces involved in more complicated ways because we already know that NWI can't can't beat somebody one on one. We already know, you know, I I I don't know what's wrong with Robert Woods. I, I think the offense doesn't help him, but I think Robert Woods should be able to make some sort of play at some yeah, point. You know, someone asked me what I thought about why Robert Woods is struggling, and I said, well, I think it's a little bit of recovering from the injury. I mean, we're just now nine weeks in, which is typically when you start seeing players get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Nine games in, I guess I should say. The other thing is that I think the scheme doesn't nobody any favors, but also Malik can't go into the middle of the field. Yeah. And or at least they don't think that he can go in the middle of the field is a, is a high chance of success. And so when you take that away, Robert Woods, who does a lot of work in the slot in the middle and going out in these short yarder situations, there's no opportunity for him to do that. And so that's why you kind of saw I think them take a step back as far as Robert Woods, because he was being involved when Ryan Tannehill was in, because Ryan Tannehill can make all the throws all the way across the field. Robert Woods and the scheme is not working out for them. And the scheme is being simplified for Malik Willis so he can succeed. It's not an indictment of Malik Willis. It's the fact that, hey, we have to put you in the best chance to succeed. And we know in these quick turnarounds with limited practice, that you can go deep and on the outside. We know that your your strength does not lie in the middle, so we're going to try our best to do screen passes, to do RPOs, and to go down the the sidelines because that's your bread and butter. Yeah, uh, I I think I think you can get creative with these guys. I I think it's going to feel a lot like, and I guess we can. I don't know if you want me to start here because Russell Wilson. I actually think that we're going to walk out of this game. Should Malik Willis start with a lot of people looking at Russell Wilson and Malik Willis and, and doing the, the, the comparison because short, very athletic. I think both pretty stocky. I think Willis is actually built bigger and, and stronger than Russell Wilson is, but they are very, I think they're very similar in how they run around and how they try to make plays and, and how they throw the football. And so 
the question is, can either one of them do something outside of the confines of the offense that actually creates an an X play that changes field position that, you know, is that big spark or whatever. Otherwise it feels like it's going to be a lot like the Colts game from, from a couple of weeks ago at at Nissan stadium, where it's like, you're going to play shell coverage, force them to beat you underneath on both sides, play good, play good containment on both quarterbacks, Tannehill or, or otherwise, if it's Tannehill, you don't even need to worry about him running around. Um, I it I feel like it's going to be very conservative on both sides of the ball for both teams. Yeah, I, I think it's just going to be a boring ass football game, and it's <laughs> like, and we we talk about right here is either team even to score twenty plus points because I would venture to say that it's like a thirteen ten kind of game. Like I think this is going to be ugly. Russell Wilson is burnt toast. KJ Hamler has a hamstring injury today, so his status on um, and he's the deep guy. He is the deep guy for that team. His status is uncertain for Sunday now with a pulled hamstring. They have no running game that you have to be scared of. It's a um, turnover-prone Melvin Gordon and Chase Edmonds. Like, give me a break with those two. Like, you got to really worry about that. And then Russell Wilson is just is just terrible. So you really only have to worry about Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Greg Dulcich. And that's and that's it. And listen, Greg's a really good tight end, and he's catching on and probably had now they're coming off the bye a little bit extra time to get more chemistry. Yeah. But that's the only three guys you got to do. And they're not really right now because their quarterback is holding them back because this offense is just not good and the scheme is not good and their head coach stinks that you don't really have to worry about. That's why it's probably going to be a 13-10. Listen, I'm not predicting who's going to win. It's going to be fucking ugly. Uh, and Fulton eliminates one of those two receivers. Well, that, see, that's the thing is that if you look at the stats, right now Jerry Judy is succeeding in man-on-man coverage. So it, they're going to have to use some zone coverage. Uh, yards per route run for Jerry Judy in man is by far the highest in the league. He runs six yards per route against man coverage and he has a 71.8% catch rate in man coverage. That's where he's making his bread and butter this particular season. So he's been terrible at man coverage the past two seasons. So it'll be interesting to see what the Titans do scheme wise to take out both Cortland Sutton. It's, it's definitely going to be keep everything in front of you. It's, it's that's just how they play. And they're going to hope that this horrible, 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 Offensive line, which is just <laughs> as horrible, horrible, horrible as the Titans' offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets the, the pass rush gets there. I, I, did these guys? I want to say, and I'm kind of checking it right now, just to be to be double sure to be double check here. I want to say they played against each other in college because Judy was drafted in 2000, and so was so was Fulton. So yeah, they would have played their entire college careers against each other in a lot of big games. In for both LSU and Alabama, so they they should have a lot of familiarity with each other. Jerry Judy is a what I love about Jerry Judy, like he is a craftsman mm-hmm. of the position. Like he he may not be as explosive as we think. I certainly think the offense has held him back, but he knows how to run. Like he's a very good route runner. He is a he's a craftsman of the position, and I that concerns me a little bit. Uh, but again, like with with David Long, his ability to drop into coverage with again with the tight end. With with the safeties that they've got now, a variety of bodies. You know, Josh Kalou's making plays on on Sunday night. Like they've got more guys in that secondary. You know, well, regardless if of what, comes what Hooker back, does. 
you know, if Molden comes back, that's a good thing. That's another chess piece to have in the rotation. The, the big key is going to be Jeffrey Simmons, which yeah. I think that Jeffrey Simmons is going to play. Personally, I think you would have to, like, tranquilize him and um, put him to sleep, maybe drug him for him not to want have be out there and play. <laughs> um, you know, everybody's very concerned. We're on boot watch. Uh, with Jeffrey Simmons, but we've of, seen a lot of boot picks, a lot of boot yeah. picks on Thursday. We've seen Jeffrey Simmons pr- not practice all week, then go out and have one of the best games of his life. <laughs> so now he re-aggravated the injury though, right? Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, yeah, he played 72 freaking snaps. <laughs> I mean, like, give me, and that's not including the snaps that he was on the field for that had penalties involved. I mean, he played 72 snaps. So let's, you know, I guess I'm at this point of, uh, the injury report, the the people freaking out, the people taking pictures of feet and all that kind of stuff. I'm just kind of over it. And and I, maybe last year starting 91 different players just has desensitized me. But specifically this year, they'll let you know. I mean, like, why why even try to speculate? This oh, you mean thing? like you mean like by Sunday we'll just all know? Yeah, we'll just like, all know. Like what yeah. I mean, what what good is it everybody worrying about it and speculating about because you're not fucking playing? They're not gonna if Jeffrey Simmons doesn't go, they're not calling Bob two five seven two three on Twitter to take a spot. So you don't have to worry about canceling your plans that day. Like, <laughs> why even fucking worry about it? listen, if Jeffrey Simmons plays, this defense is gonna be awesome and they're gonna disrupt yeah. the uh well, they're going to disrupt the offensive line for the Broncos. If he doesn't play, they're going to find ways to disrupt the offensive line of the Broncos. It may just not be great and awesome. It right. may just be good. Let, let me ask. Let me. So Zach Cunningham, Bud Dupree, Imani Hooker, Jeffrey Simmons, T.R. Tart, none of them practice. So let me ask you varying degrees of injury here. It, I am confident that with the coaching advantage, uh, being at home, if you want to call it that, I, I feel like this is a, Mike Vrabel type of game. Like this is a Tennessee Titans backyard brawl that they're going to figure out a way to win a low scoring physical football game with a defensive where the defense is going to make a big play. It, so I'm, I'm leaning towards the Titans victory. Let's just say hypothetically, I know you said you're not going to make a pick, but let's say hypothetically you're on that side of the, 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 the bandwagon of those defensive players. How many have to be out before you start to change your mind and go the other way and say, I think that now Denver has the advantage. Does that, does that make sense? Like, like if it's all of them, are you still confident that the Titans defense makes plays? Rabel has the right scheme. They, they, yeah, can- yeah. They'll make plays. They just won't make plays at a higher rate. I mean, we just came off a game where Mario Edwards and Nico Autry <laughs> both got eight pressures a piece. I mean, like, give me, point. I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be like a soul crushing defeat for of the Broncos if if Simmons and Dupree are both healthy and they both play. Like they're gonna snatch the souls of the Denver Broncos. I agree with that. I agree with if that. if Simmons is out and Bud Dupree plays, feel pretty good. Okay, if yeah, I agree. Bud Dupree doesn't play, but Simmons plays, feel pretty great. Okay. If they're both out, I think that it's gonna be like a uh, it's gonna be a low scoring game because the team is still going to make plays. It's just going to be a lot of pressure on Malik Willis to score points, and that's where you falter. See, that's where the defense and the offense work in synergy and tandem is that yeah. it lessens the burden off Malik Willis. What what happens if Cunningham, Hooker, and Molden all don't play? Oh, those three guys, are, I don't Doesn't even it, care. Don't even care. Okay. Well, they don't They don't right. need Zach Cunningham. And, no, no. And, and, and Imani Hooker didn't play last week, and Molden didn't play last week, and... 
There you I go. don't want to. I just, I just say the compounding effect of having like seven of your starters out at some yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, that, it's some point it pre Jeffrey Simmons. That's that's the level of your that how high your defense could take you depends on those two players. I tend to agree. not those other three players currently in its current form. Okay, that's fine, especially against this team. Yes, where Hooker and Molden. That, like it's just like the Titans. Like there's no way, there's no real way to take advantage of those abs- absences unless right. unless Judy and Sutton go nuts, I guess. So uh, listen, I like the Titans, but I think it's going to be a very ugly, very tough to watch, very difficult football game, as is the case because again, eighteen point six points per game for the Tennessee Titans, like fifteen point one points per game for the Denver Broncos. This is twenty twenty two in the professional ranks of an athletic competition in which what? like a third of the league cannot score 18 points. What are we watching in the NFL right now? We are watching a case study in people not being able to recognize that Russell Wilson, that quarterbacks are on the decline. Cause I said it, I've said it all summer when people are like, Oh, the Titans. No, you did Hill for Russell Wilson. He stinks. And then on top of that, Everybody has been talking about, oh, well, you know, John Robinson didn't even call to try to trade Jerry Judy. Well, let me tell you something. Go listen to Music City Audible and you're going to hear otherwise. And you're also going to hear that the Broncos, no offer from several, several NFL teams came even close to what they were wanting for Jerry Judy. And you know what? Jerry Judy stinks. Oh, come on now. I like Jerry Judy. I mean, um, he's a lie to him. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he hasn't lived up at all to the potential that he has, and it's because he just can't stay healthy. Well, that's true. I think the system hasn't helped him. Trey says, same with Rodgers. I, I got a question. Are you saying, Trey, is Trey saying that the Titans didn't go after Aaron Rodgers at all? Oh, because, I, I don't know. I because they, no, I'm, I know I'm asking, but I want him yeah. to come back because I've got some information here. I might drop a little nugget here. Um Wilson, I agree with you. I don't. And first of all, I will give you credit. You said he was washed all offseason long. Like you, you've said that all along. But to see the Rams in the bottom ten in scoring offense, the Packers in bottom ten in scoring offense, the Bucks with Brady bottom ten in scoring offense. I mean, it's it is bad football right now. A lot of it is injuries to quarterbacks, but also like the Titans bad are offensive with, lines. Bad offensive bad, lines and quarterbacks are hitting their wall. So. Okay, so Trey says no that people begged for him to come if he was a Titan it's a Super Bowl. Here, here I don't I think if the if the Titans had AJ Brown maybe or Traylon Burks fully healthy with Rodgers I think maybe it, they they are pretty good. Here's here's the thing though. I know for a fact or at least somebody told me that there was a contract offer on the table with Aaron Rodgers from the well, Tennessee that's what, from the that's Tennessee what was reported so. by Pro Football Talk. Yeah, there, it's there. that that one I and I I had somebody else tell me like, oh yeah, there was a deal. There was a deal there. So I don't think anything ever happened with Wilson. I, I, I've not heard anything like that, but no, Rogers, it's just, it's just what fans wanted. That's yeah. why all I'm talking yeah. about. Okay. Um, all right. So I'll take the Titans and you're not going to make a pick. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you going under 36 and a half? <sighs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> if that's, if I'm going to make a bet, cause I, I I've kind of shied away from making bets on money lines and all this stuff in the NFL this year. Cause it's a crap shoot for the most part. And so I've gone towards doing player props. So I'm kind of like avoiding, I, I avoid that all this stuff. But if I were to make so a dig, I would probably go uh, Titans minus 2.5. Stoney says, can I bet on the only touchdown in this game being a defensive or special teams touchdown? There's your player prop right there. Let me tell you something. In, in the Green Bay game, I am betting a defensive special teams anytime touchdown. 
I, I would bet that in this one as well. <laughs> yeah, I may, I may be doing that. I may just talk myself into it. <laughs> uh, it's a good call there. Um, all right. Uh, before we move on to some college football, of course, the pharmacy, Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors. So the pharmacy, every Monday, we're out there hanging out with you guys. The weather was still gorgeous on Monday, but it's a great place to go for lunch. The, the food is exceptional. The beer is like, well, hey, let's get like a really awesome local brewery to do like a cool beer just for us. Like a bearded iris pharmacy pills, for example. And, and it's an amazing compliment to what you already get on the menu when you go to to the pharmacy. You get great food, you get a great atmosphere, good vibes. Not nobody, it's not like a, a loud, obnoxious sports bar. Like you're not gonna go and get like a bunch of t- there's not a bunch of TVs, so you're not there to watch games, you're there to go for lunch, spend time with people you care about, bring your family. You can get out of there with family of four for less than 50 bucks. Um, I brought some some bratwurst home the other day and like repurposed it for dinner for the girls. They loved it. Uh, so you can take some stuff home with you there as well. So the quality of the food never disappoints ever. So check out the pharmacy Kingston group buildkg.com is the website. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. It's a firm Zach, like, like your shirt, like what, like the woman on your shirt. It's a, it's a firm. It's what it's it is. Firm. It's a way of life. It is. Um, they, they will, they will help you out, man. Like it's, I, I don't really need to get into like fancy language here and tell you all kinds of crazy stuff. Like they will help you make the best possible decision. And even if that doesn't include using them, they, they will tell you what you should do. They will help you with that decision. And if you're going to spend what tens, that tens of thousands of dollars on a big home decision, hundreds of thousands of dollars, use somebody you trust Kingston group locally owned and operated. And of course, Weiss liquors, make sure you check out Weiss liquors right there. Locally owned and operated since 1932. Right there on West End. Check out Andrew. He'll help you out with wine and bourbon selection. He's a great manager. He'll help you out, make good decisions. I don't, you know, know anything about wine. I don't know how to pick out good wine. I don't really care about wine, but my wife does. So I need some help with that. Andrew's my guy. Go into Weiss Liquors. Talk to Andrew. He'll tell. He'll take care of you. And then Weiss uh, Uber Eats. Search Weiss Liquors. Have the booze delivered to your house in as quickly as thirty minutes. The Tennessee Volunteers are number five in the playoff rankings. Who should they mo- be most concerned about, Zach? themselves that's what i think take care of your own business at this point it other games are going to happen other teams are going to lose more than likely you have to worry about yourself and take care of business in these next three weeks because at any point in college football no matter how much you are favored by no matter how much (laughs) money is on your team the public money to win Upsets happen at a higher rate in college football than anything other than college basketball. <laughs> I mean, high rate of upsets. I mean, you just saw Liberty beat the beat Arkansas, right? 13-point underdog on the road. You cannot sleep on Missouri. And I know, te- and know UT fans don't want to hear this. You can't sleep on Vanderbilt. And you can't sleep on South Carolina. Because Vanderbilt has a really good quarterback, in my opinion. So, uh, I mean, I know you're, you did that. But there's been times where Vanderbilt is upset. A better UT team, like a uh, better than them, not a better than this one. <laughs> but I, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not buying what you're selling on the Vandy game. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, how many times have y'all been upset by Vandy in the past ten years? So uh, not this Tennessee. So AJ Swan now out for most of Mike Wright's going to start for Vanderbilt this week. I agree with you about Missouri and South Carolina. I, Missouri is a top three defense in the SEC. Nobody knows like 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 they've made. I don't think people know how much better they are on defense. I do like Tennessee minus the twenty, but I think to your point, it is being focused on your own jobs. You beat Missouri at home in your final home game for a lot of seniors. 
you you beat the tar out of South Carolina on the road is going to be tricky. That's just the way it is. Even if you win big, it's going to be a test that you have to show up for. I do think Vanderbilt is going to be a vast majority orange fans, and I think Vanderbilt's going to be that. I, I mean, I know Vandy fans will be pissed off for that one, but I don't think they've got any personnel that. I mean, I think that could be a thirty point spread, honestly. So that one I'm not worried about. I, it's the it's the road trip to South Carolina that is the concerning one. But to the point about the playoff. Everyone's worried about TCU. I wouldn't be. Everyone's worried about maybe a second place Big Ten team, Michigan or Ohio State, whoever loses that game. And I think that's I think that's important. I don't think you need to worry about Clemson. I don't think you need to worry about LSU. You have the trump card on LSU. You beat the piss out of them in Baton Rouge. Like, I'm sorry. It is what it is. You you I don't think LSU can jump Tennessee. The key here that I don't think people are talking about is the Pac 12 champion. That's the one that no one's talking about. That I think if while TCU and Tennessee fans are arguing about four and five and, you know, Clemson's like, what about us? And Michigan's like, oh, we could get in if we lose close on the road to Ohio State. The one they have to look out for is the Pac-12. That's the one that could take a spot from everybody because Oregon, if they went out, they're going to have a bunch of really good wins on their resume. They play a bunch of tough teams from here on out. USC plays a bunch of tough teams from here on out. They got a lot of meat on their bone left to go. If that's a, an analogy I can use, there's, there's some meat left on the bone there. I know you've been smoking meats for like the last couple of months. So, so I think there's a lot left on that for, for Oregon and you, I think everyone's focused is, is on the East coast and no one's looking at what's happening out West where Oregon and USC could sneak into that three spot. Then it's like Michigan, Tennessee and TCU and Clemson fighting for the last spot. what do you think of Oregon's or the guy, uh, I think his name is boo something. Uh, yes. Yes, he uh, and his comments about the Georgia game for Oregon and for UT that the 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 committee looks at, well, you both got dominated. Who cares about the points? You both just got dominated. I, I think basically I'm OK with the committee saying Georgia beat both of you handily easily. There's not a lot of discrepancy between the two, but if you are going to rank them. And if you have those two teams that you're looking at trying to get into the playoff, it's, you know, it's probably going to be more based on the rest of your body of work. But Tennessee's loss was a little bit better. Like it wasn't as bad. It was on a, in a true road environment. Like they, they were, they, I think defensively, they put up a much bigger fight. Offensively, I thought it was a much tougher challenge for Georgia. So I just think, I think the eye test tells you Tennessee was better against Georgia than Oregon was. Um, I, my question about that is how much does the committee take into account or even should they that it was a first game and this goes for Brian Kelly and LSU against Florida State as well right like brand new coach in a first game isn't that a lot different than 10 games later like aren't you a different team 10 games later as you than, said than you that if Oregon game? and Georgia met again that you think it would be a whole lot closer than what it was originally I think right. it would I think it would be I think it would be closer to what we saw with Tennessee where it's like you know t the the thing about Oregon it's is a they new have quarterback new you know head coach right I mean yep. the whole... same thing with LSU yeah so L LSU transfer quarterback head coach in his first game and they lose in week 1 against Florida State does the committee take into account like how much a team changes when a coach is in his first season right like I don't I don't know if that's too deep in the weeds for the committee or not, but I mean, 49 to three is pretty bad. Like nobody has gotten into the playoff with a loss that bad. I would love to be able to see Oregon versus Tennessee. 
Oh, that'd be I, great. Think, I think that would be a great game, but I don't think there's a way that the committee could actually, you know, figure that out, you know, in the playoffs, because you'd have to put one of them at number two, or they would both have to upset Ohio State and Georgia. Yeah, they would have to. Well, or now, Michigan. now if Georgia loses to LSU, here, here you go. Here you go. I can do okay. it. I, I think I can do the gymnastics here, like on the spot. Let's see if I can do it. LSU beats Georgia close in, in the SEC championship game. Okay. Georgia's number one at the time. They fall to number four. Yeah, I would think but they, you'd put them at number four. But they get in. Tennessee. Probably number three. They probably would be three because that's what happened last year. But let's just say hypothetically they fall to four. Tennessee slides up to number three. You've got Oregon then sliding up to number two. You've got the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game at number one. That In theory, that could happen. And I completely agree with you. Oregon-Tennessee, take the over. It would be absolutely brilliant firework football. It would be so much fun. It would be the best fun. game of the last 10 years, I feel like. I feel it like it's, be it'd, so be that, that, it'd be that fun to watch that matchup at this point in time. It would be Oklahoma-Georgia Rose Bowl when it was Baker Mayfield versus Jake Fromm, and they and it was Sony Michelle, and they went, it was like 52 to 48 in overtime. And yeah. that, 2017, I think. That was one of the best playoff games of all time. I agree with you. Oregon, Tennessee, because the defenses are questionable and the offenses are great. <laughs> like it's God, that would be so much fun. TCU, they got to play Texas. They're a seven point underdog this week. So don't argue Tennessee fans with TCU people. Don't worry about it. Your resume is way better. You're a better team. You should have been ranked ahead of them. It doesn't matter. TCU has two really tough games and a potential championship game. They are going to lose at some point. And if they lose, they're going to be back with Clemson. And the committee so. always does this a few weeks out from when they actually have to make the decision. They always put the undefeated team against a, uh, over a one-loss team for like a week or two, and then that that team's forgotten about because their wins don't look that impressive as the season goes on. It's just, you know, to me, it's like the college football playoffs ranking system that comes out is is fun from a standpoint but if i'm a fan i'm waiting for a couple of weeks for me to yeah. really invest my emotional energy into my team getting in there zach let me tell you dude like i do this every tuesday night like i'm like all right the kids are going to bed we're all getting ready you know because they come out at six o'clock and i'm always like all right honey you got the bath time today i'm going to watch the rankings i'm not going to get upset about some logos on a screen in the middle of november i'm not going to do it I'm not going to get upset about it. And then, you and, get then upset. and then I sit there and I'm like, what the, why is Tennessee at five? Why is, why is UCLA behind Clemson? What are we doing? Like what? Like, and I just, I, I can't help myself. I can't, it's like catnip. I can't. The point is Tennessee fans. Don't worry about it. Well, let don't me worry, ask you a question. What they, what they should worry about. What happens if LSU loses to Arkansas? Because not only does LSU drop down, obviously Alabama should drop down well as well, but Alabama beat Arkansas. But lost to LSU, but Tennessee beat LSU that lost to Arkansas that lost to Liberty. Like, how does that all play out in the big scheme of things? So I don't think the I think thinking about how they all rank doesn't matter. Okay. I think what matters is then if they lose to Arkansas, because Vegas right now is telling you as a three point favorite on the road. It's gonna be a lot closer than people think. And that that they are begging you to take LSU, which really means they like Arkansas. Um now if you're betting on this game. Wait until the last possible second. So if you know if KJ Jefferson's going to play or not, if KJ Jefferson plays, I would take Arkansas. If KJ Jefferson doesn't play, then I'm on. Then I'm on LSU. Arkansas points or Arkansas money line. Uh, I mean, it's only a three point spread. Like if Ar if KJ yeah. Jefferson plays, I would take Arkansas plus the points and or money line. However, like I think they can oh, win the wow. game. Arkansas beat them last year. 
They haven't won at home in this game since 2014. So it's been a while. So there's some catharsis coming through the program. But if KJ Jefferson doesn't play, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they can beat LSU. What's interesting, though, and this packages to our next conversation about Alabama and Ole Miss, which is if LSU does lose, they still have the tiebreaker over Alabama. And they have the tiebreaker over Ole Miss. But if Ole Miss beats Alabama, Ole Miss is in first place and in the driver's seat for the West because they only have the one loss. So this Alabama game with Ole Miss and the LSU, and LSU's got to play A&M. That's a crazy game every year, too. Like, it's not guaranteed that LSU's going to Atlanta. If Ole Miss somehow figures out a way, Lane Kiffin figures out a way to, to somehow run the football on Alabama, somehow stop Bryce Young, somehow like deliver the, the kill shot to 2022 Alabama and, and make it one of the worst teams of Saban's era. If that happens and LSU loses, then we actually are talking about Ole Miss going to Atlanta for the first time in history. Wow. In, in SEC history, they've never played in Atlanta. It, it, and I wouldn't like if I'm gambling on the Ole Miss game, by the way, I don't know about you. You're the Bama guy. I would not touch the point spread. I would put money on Ole Miss on the money line or nothing else. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't like betting on Alabama unless it's yeah. like a for sure thing. You know, I I just want to go back real quick to the LSU yeah, thing yeah, yeah. because yeah. if if they lose, does that not affect if you're talking about UT versus you, you know UT's resume versus Oregon's resume? If Oregon wins out, UT wins out. Does this not affect that? I I think. Because that doesn't make it a quality win anymore, right? Or no, like... it's still yeah, it's still absolutely. I mean, like LSU would have to lose like every game. Okay, like if, if LSU finishes like eight and four, and they lose to both Arkansas and A and M, then I think we could talk about all right. It's clearly not a top ten win, but it's still a high quality win. Like it's still yeah. a win over a ranked team on the road by four touchdowns. So I don't know if that's I. <laughs> That's tr that's tricky because yeah. you don't like it's tw it's a twelve game body of work, and you know if Bama loses, Does the committee judge them at the time that they play, not how the team like at the time that they played. LSU was kind of an even an afterthought at the time, and then LSU went on a tear after the UT game that goes back and loses. Like, what does that? If I'm in the committee, and I'd say looked at that, I'd say, well, obviously the outlier was the games in between the UT and the, the loss to Arkansas. I think, well, they're, I mean, again, only a three point favorite. It's a rivalry game. You're on the road. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, Arkansas is a, a decent football team. It doesn't look good coming off the Liberty loss, but that Liberty team is, you know, one two point conversion away from being undefeated. And the new Auburn head football coach, Hugh Freeze, uh, is running things there. I, I think what's Did interesting. Did he just get extended by Liberty? I, I, maybe. I, what Liberty, Liberty is so like, I don't want to talk about. It. I have so many thoughts yeah. about Liberty University. I don't want to. I don't want to go down that path of pool boys and Fallwells and Ian McCall's and you know cell phones. Um, I'm already there. Now I'm in a dark place. Anyway, I the committee looks at everything. The committee considers everything. If you lose a quarterback in week five for five weeks and you lose a game in there, they consider that right. Um, so I think they consider everything. But if we're talking about eleven and one Tennessee versus twelve and one Oregon, I already think Oregon's in. So I think what matters is this is what I meant earlier. Like I think the Pac-12 people are looking at them and just saying like, "Oh, are they going to get it?" Like, no, they're in. Like if their champion wins out, they're going to get in, unless it's Utah. 
But if you're talking about TCU, let's say, or Michigan, then the quality of your resume is probably a big factor. I don't think being ranked 11th or being ranked 24th or being ranked 7th, I don't think that's a big difference. Like, I think you went on the road and you completely dominated a pretty good LSU team. I think that's how they should look at gotcha. it. And I think that's how they're going to look at it. Because, again, they've also beaten Alabama. They've beat, they destroyed a ranked Kentucky team. Florida's getting better and better. And, and your win over Florida is going to age better, right? Um, you, if you, how, how much do you dominate Missouri? How much do you dominate South Carolina on the road? Like, like you, you beat Pittsburgh that hasn't aged particularly well, but I, I do think the committee looks at it after it's all done. Like we, we just had election day and poll polling and politics is completely asinine, right? Like it's who knows if anybody knows what they're doing when it comes to polling. Polling is a snapshot in time. It's just a, a look at what it is in that moment at that, at that exact second. And the only playoff ranking that matters is after every single game has been played. So, like, we're going to know exactly what LSU is. We're going to know exactly what Pitt is, what Florida is, what Oregon is. We're going to know exactly who all these teams are because they will have played every single game when we actually do the, the rankings that matter. So, I are you rooting for LSU if you're a Tennessee fan? Sure. Okay. That's fine. Um, but you want your resume to look as good as possible. But I don't yeah. think it. I don't. Tennessee's not getting into the. It only really changes if Arkansas wins, and then LSU drops another one. And, and even then, I would argue I don't think Tennessee's playoff hopes depend on one team winning or losing other game. Like I don't. Gotcha. I think it's more about like what has Tennessee done over twelve games? How dominant have they been, etc. Um, Ole Miss, however, doesn't have the resume. To, like they have to beat Georgia and win the SEC title as a one-loss team to get in because they haven't beaten anybody the way Tennessee has. They played LSU and got smoked, you know? <laughs> so Ole Miss has to beat Alabama and then probably beat Georgia to get into the playoff. Do you think Ole Miss will beat Alabama, though? Like, No. I, we, we really haven't seen the angry Saban game yet, I feel like. The, the game that he goes out and he says, <laughs> I'm going to beat the shit out of this fucking team because uh, I'm so mad. How poor my team has played. We really haven't seen that. Like the Arkansas game was a little bit like that, but it wasn't really a full on dominating, you know, suffocating performance. Are we going to get that out of Alabama this week? Uh, that's the question. I mean, they, they did that against Mississippi State the week after losing to Tennessee. Yeah. They didn't give up a, you know, 30 to six. Like it was a complete drubbing of Mississippi State, which is a decent team. Um, here's the problem with Alabama. They are. This is the mentally like softest team I've seen under under Nick Saban. They're undisciplined. They, they are. They are. Un, they're undisciplined. They take penalties. They're terrible on the road. All these things. The problem is they just they just match up so well with Ole Miss. Like Ole Miss wants to run the football like crazy. They got a quarterback who's not exactly accurate. Their defense has given up almost seven yards of play the last three games, and, and not even against. Great offenses against Auburn and AM, Ole Miss's defense struggled. Like it's not even like struggling against Georgia and Tennessee. You're struggling against like middle of the pack offenses. So Ole Miss's defense isn't particularly good. So Bryce Young's gonna eat. If they can run the ball like crazy, then maybe they got a chance. This is why I would bet if I'm betting on the money line for Ole Miss, and then you're not betting on Ole Miss, you're betting on Alabama being mentally weak and broken. And like they just they they can't function after losing two games and, and they're not playing for a championship anymore. Right. Like, right. Like that. That's 
otherwise, if they are still Alabama and they still show up to play a really good game and they're just going to be as good as they were against Tennessee or LSU, I, they blow them out, I, th- I think. Just real quick, because I know we're pushing up against it. Does Mississippi State have any chance against Georgia in your mind? In the first half? I, this is it. the game. Sorry. This is the game I talked about all summer long. Like, emotional game against Florida, emotional game against Tennessee. Then you got to go to Starkville, a place you haven't played in like 15 years <laughs> with loud cowbells and a weird offense. And a let, it's like it screams let down alert, right? And the point spread at 16 screams let down alert. I would take Georgia minus the points. Gotcha. I, I, I think Mississippi State challenges them in the first half. Solid defense, kind of a tricky offense. I think they sit on their necks and suffocate them in the second half and just just run the football. I I would lay the points and take take Georgia here on this one. I think I was six, curious yeah, about this game if you thought there was even kind of like an upset alert on this. Did you see that there was all summer for me, and now that it's here, I'm kind of like I don't know, dude. Like some of its recency, just seeing Georgia's like best performance, you know. But like, yeah. like we said on Monday, we were asking all the wrong questions. How do you stop Tennessee? How do you adjust to Hendon Hooker? How do you like? No, 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 no. All the questions should be. How do you adjust to Georgia? <laughs> well, Ryan Tannehill did practice today, so that's two back-to-back practices oh. for, for Ryan Tannehill. How you feeling? Feel pretty good. If he goes, what is he, 70%? 65%? I would say probably 70%, and I think that's better than 100% Malik Willis. And that's, again, not an indictment of Malik Willis. I think it's just that Ryan Tannehill can make all the throws, which opens up the offense even more. How... Um... How effective is at 70% Ryan Tannehill? Is that enough to win the game? Yes. Yeah, I agree with that as well. All right. Uh, There you have it. SEC should be a lot of fun this week. A lot of good games. Um, Kentucky Vanderbilt. You got, first of all, by the way, A&M Auburn is just complete dumpster fire. Like just such a mess. So always watch Auburn and A&M what they're doing. It's just, you'll never be, you'll never be disappointed. Right. Um, Obviously Titans and Broncos got a lot of stuff going on. Make sure you check out the pharmacy, the Kingston group, Weiss Liquors, all the great sponsors here on 440 Sports and, and Broadway Sports Media as well. Where else can people find you and your work, Zach? Well, just in case you guys are still insane after this show, man, I really need to hear or see some more Zach Lyons. I am immediately jumping off this and jumping on to the Mike Herndon show where I'm filling in for Easton, who just made the horrible mistake of getting married and tying himself down. Horrible mistake. In the fall. In the fall, on us, on us, it was Saturday or Sunday. I don't know. Either way, it's unacceptable. Uh, so I'm filling in for him doing that. I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm just going in there. I think I'm just clicking buttons. I'm not not entirely sure uh, what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'll be there. Be doing that. <laughs> You'll be. Running I'll be. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll just be like. Um, oh shit! Can you be like one of the guys uh, on the McAfee show that just like goes, oh, oh? No, I'm gonna be Statler and uh, uh, fuck Statler and. Uh, I have no or idea. Roar draw off the uh, the two Muppets in the balcony. That's what oh I'm yeah yeah yeah. Those guys Sattler are great, dude. And, uh, that's what I'll be. Those guys are great. Just you can follow me on Twitter at Ford's Pod. You can put turn on all the notifications for Ford four forty Sports Broadway Sports Media. Make sure that you're watching all the YouTube videos that not only this show provides, but football and other efforts provides. MC, Music City Audible that provides because they had some really interesting tidbits that I alluded to earlier with yeah. their interview with yeah. Benjamin Albright. Also then brought you, to you by the pharmacy, by the way. Also brought to you by the pharmacy, and then you have all the uh, four forty Sports collection of videos and podcasts that. Yeah. And uh, congratulations to uh, Lamestream Sports uh, for their um, nomination in uh, the Sobros uh, Podcast Network. 
Oh, we got Awards. nominated. You guys got nominated. All right. I think uh, I think shout out to V Love for that. I think V Love gave us. Yeah, the, the, I'd the be uh, it's a, us, me, me, and a football driver afterwards. It'd be lamestream media, and then it's uh, those other two guys, um, lamestream sports, Dustin and um, Jack of the ti- Titan Up podcast or something like that. <laughs> those is guys it, are in it. Is too. it Uncle Dustin? Is that Uncle Dustin? Uh, yeah, they do the uncle and aunt uncle? thing. Because they rip off yeah. uh, um, what you call it. Uh, isn't that remote. all? Isn't that all Austin does is rip off everybody's yeah, work? He just rips off everybody's work. Yeah, that's why. That's why. When I won the award last year with Mr. Lebowski, he had to go and whine and complain to get his own award, and it had its own wording and all this stuff. So it's like Stoney threw him a bone this year and got him into the actual big time. Oh, major that's right. Awards. That's right. That's right. I do enjoy his work, but uh, it's not a better podcast. So uh, no, no, we'll just we'll just call it, we'll just call it like that. And listen, everybody's yeah. worried about these blue check marks, and I'm like, I've been sitting over here for five years with uh, all these. Uh, podcast popping up these tennessee titans fan podcast popping up and they're all just you know cheap imitations second so i'm like an expert about blue Gemma. yes second rate podcast there's there's no question uh, about that and you know what if your aunt had balls she'd be your uncle so yep. there, there you have it um all right i think that just about does it for us today on the show uh for zach i am Braden. for our great wonderful sponsors weiss liquors kingston group pharmacy make sure you check them all out support local business folks They're great and awesome people. They live here. They operate here. They work here in Nashville for you. So make sure you check them out and support them. We do appreciate all your support. Thanks for hanging out in the comment section. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Have a great weekend. For Zach, I'm Braden. This has been a football show.